Welcome to the Resurrection People podcast with Preston Sharp, pastor of Sacrament Church in Nashville, Tennessee, and curator of The Art of Preaching. Each week, we look at three readings from the Bible, drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. Find more at theartofpreaching.substack.com. Welcome back to the Resurrection People podcast. I'm Preston Sharp. Today is Sunday, which means that it is time for our Sunday benediction. On Sundays, we look back at the readings and we ask what they might have to say to one another. How do they work together? What are the notes that are in the cord for this week? So if you haven't listened to the rest of this week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to those first. But we'll talk here about how these kind of fit, how they connect. I think many Sundays and many days, most of us just need to really be reminded of a most fundamental reality. You are loved by God. Full stop. You are loved by God. Our God loves us so much that he stepped into our world to pursue that relationship. Our God is a rescuing God, and our God is leading us to a good place. In our Old Testament reading, Exodus 32, 1 through 14, Moses is with God on the mountain and the people become anxious, anticipating a word from the Lord. It's in these moments when they're unable to remember rightly, unable to see or hear from God, that they fashion a golden calf. This fashioning is not an effort to create a new God, but an effort to see or hear from the one true God, the one who rescued them and from whom they now feel distance. The calf emerges solely from their own possessions and their own creativity. Now, remember, God gave them their possessions in the first place (laughs) and their creativity as well. But we see that it is an attempt to come from them, from within their community, and not be patient and wait on the Lord. The Lord responds with anger, and yet as Moses pleads for them, God does not bring disaster upon them. There are many times in life when we feel stuck in between the realities of rescue and healing. We struggle to remember the promise and we struggle to yearn for the hope. In those moments, we are most vulnerable to distractions. Life can quickly in those times become about what we do and who is on the right cultural team and how we fix the world through our own efforts. We often try to make a version of the good life and call it a move of God. We are all prone to this. It is the nature of the wilderness. And yet, we will always find those golden calves unsatisfying. What we make in a hurry is so paltry compared to what God makes in process. Think about the famous words from C.S. Lewis. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. In our epistle reading, Philippians 4, 1 through 19, Paul, in the context of a real-life conflict between Iodia and Syntyche, about which we have very little information, Paul challenges the church to rejoicing, which is active celebration. This is not the military chant of a victory chant of revolutionaries. This is rejoicing that's characterized by gentleness. 
It is the formational remembering of what God has done in Christ Jesus. If you think about rejoicing as like a festival or a celebration, this is a true festival of the Lord, resting in him, not a counterfeit festival like those in the wilderness did with the golden calf, which is centered on what we have done. Therefore, when Paul says, do not worry, he's not just saying chill out. Have you ever found that when somebody is really anxious and you just say chill out, it's never helpful? (laughs) No, this is the challenge to be a people who celebrate, a people who feast, a people who rejoice in what God has done. This is a ritual reorientation, and this only will bring peace. I can't help but see allusions to the Eucharist here. Perhaps more than illusions, as each week we celebrate and we reorient our lives towards the one true God. It is this transformation of our everyday habits which points our minds towards the true, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, and commendable things. We can't make ourselves change our thoughts by just a one-time decision. It's a change in habits which brings about lasting change to our thought life. This is a wonderful opportunity to remember why we worship, why Christians worship. Why do resurrection people worship? Well, proper worship is not about earning an invitation into God's family. It's about formation in the way of Jesus. And it is shepherded by God who guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In our gospel reading, Matthew 22, 1 through 14, Jesus tells the story of those who had accepted the king's invitation to his son's wedding banquet, but then they refused to show up. On top of all that, they killed the messengers who brought them the notice that the food was ready. In the world of first century Palestine, this would have been the ultimate sign of rejection and even treason. Because of their rejection, judgment has come upon them. Still, there's good news. The good news is that the new invitations have been sent. The food is still ready. The banquet's ready. All are welcome, both good and bad. Those on the underside of power, those who never considered themselves worthy of such an invitation, are now invited to feast in honor of the king's son. Yet feasting at the banquet requires proper preparation, to be dressed in the proper clothing, The robes have been provided for us, but we must be prepared to be oriented towards the kingdom, not showing up at the wedding as if we're going to the ballpark. To desire the kingdom to be something that it's not, to try to control it our own way, is to say we'd rather be somewhere else. We're taking this robe that we've been given and we're saying, no, I'm not wearing that. I want this to be different. I want this banquet to be on my terms. But to let go of our pride to come in touch with our brokenness, to come in touch with our need for healing. That's what it means to really be a wedding guest to this kind of banquet. It means we don't get to define the kingdom because our attempts at kingdom building fail. All we do is celebrate it. We are invited to celebrate the kingdom of God. Though Jesus' words are harsh, and that's what makes this parable kind of scary. The improperly dressed guests are thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yikes. This parable simply illustrates where our counterfeits lead. Another way to say it would be mud pies in the slum. 
So this week, may we receive all that God has for us. May we be reminded of his goodness, which has been revealed in Jesus. In the in-between seasons of this world, we will go through difficulty. We'll go through all that the wilderness brings along with it. But we are anchored by God's faithfulness. He has heard our cry, entered our pain, died for us, and conquered death. For this, we rejoice. Thanks for listening to the Resurrection People podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out. You can hear full sermons at sacramentchurch.com and find out more at theartofpreaching.substack.com.